We're back. Season two, King of Our Nightmares. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. We're going to talk about... I forgot what it was. Firestarter. Firestarter. Hang on. Very memorable book. Let me grab my copy here. I should have done that to begin with. I forgot. We've been recording for the last couple hours. (laughs) Yeah. So let me grab my my copy real quick. All right, we're going to start this again. Season two is upon us. Welcome to King of Our Nightmares. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. And we're talking about Firestarter, the hit movie starring Zac Efron. Really? Yeah, they remade it. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the Don't watch it. So, yeah, King of Firestarter... Is... Or as the German title says, Feuerkind, which means fire child. I mean, that works too. Hmm. Uh, Somewhat accurate. It's like the Dollar Tree brand. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but here we go. We are in the 1980s now. Yes. Drunken King. Mm-hmm. Drunken Nonsense King. This one's not super drunken nonsense. It's a little nonsensical, though. So, a father and daughter are on the run from the government. A government agency called The Shop that experiments on human beings to give them psychic abilities. I don't remember any of these characters' names. um, Because I listened to this almost two months ago now. Um, I, I, I remember, don't worry I don't remember most of the plot but I remember the character names because I read this a couple of years ago <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have the time to reread it because of my reading scheduling but mm-hmm. I, I remember my opinions on it well enough yeah, well it's intercut with the father and the mother meeting each other back in like the 60s and they they take they they need they both need money so they join they they take these experimental drugs in college that give them mm-hmm. powers he can push people to do things um their daughter can light people on fire and steal money out of telephones and they're being hunted by a man named John Rainbird, who is the creepiest villain in all of Stephen King, according to Stephen King. 
Really? Did he say that? Yes, he said that in an interview that he found John Rainbird really uncomfortable to write. Hmm. So this book's over basically about government the government experimenting on people. Yeah. And what it do is, you do with that? Yeah, this is up until recent times, I would have said this is the most badly aged King novel because we are in the 80s now and this is the 80s mm -hmm. just compressed in book form. Like if you think of like an 80s Stephen King plot generically, this is it. Yep. And that's why it made they made a movie of it in the 80s that's really bad. Mm. Starring um, Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. And then they remade it a couple years ago. And the only good thing about it is that John Carpenter did the score for it. Oh, I need to listen to that. That that's a selling point, but the rest It's like his newer stuff for the new Halloween movies, so it's really intense and a lot, but it's enjoyable. Hmm. Um I don't care for this book. And I'm gonna explain why. I like the setup of it, like how it's structured. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. I happened to listen to most of this in one sitting. I drove to Montana and back and I listened to this. Which is also how I got through Wolves of the Kala originally. Mm. So I listened to this. Um, I listened to this with my fiance. This was her first introduction to Stephen King. Oh. Well, she the... wasn't the biggest fan of it, mm. but she she didn't mind it. That's high price, I guess. Um, yeah, it was better than listening to a Star Wars book. I think was. Yeah. That. And I wasn't going to put on road work. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> she might leave me. Mm -hmm. Did I say my girlfriend? My fiance. My soon to be wife. Listen to this with me. And she, like, straight up, some of the things John Rainbird said, she said, she went, oh, that's awful. Because she he has a weird connection with the uh, what's the girl's name Charlie, with Charlie, because mm -hmm. he's a weirdo. He's a he's a Vietnam vet who got in maimed in a friendly fire incident, and he likes killing people. Yeah, what I have in what I still remember from the book is him killing someone and like looking into his eyes the entire time and like mm -hmm. hoping to see something happening there. Yeah, that's the scientist that created the drugs that Charlie's mm -hmm. parents took. Yeah. They they he crushes his nose and like mouth and suffocates him and just watches the light fade from his eyes. Yeah, that's a freaky scene. Mm. And uh Charlie's mom's brutally tortured to death. They rip all of her fingernails out. Um, of course, we get into something here that I want to talk about, which is the Stephen King sexual assault. She was molested as a child. Charlie's mom was. So she has issues with sex. 
And that's mm-hmm. why Charlie's like a miracle baby because it took forever for her to be comfortable to have sex. And there's like a whole chapter on conquest of that, hmm. which is weird to read. I don't know if it's a bad thing necessarily. It's good to get over like your fears and stuff, but it just felt uncomfortable because it's an uncomfortable subject matter. Stephen King's handled this far worse, especially in this era. Mm. I think of it. Yeah, okay. We are done full cocaine Stephen King right now. Mm -hmm. But this just feels sloppy at times. Yeah, I know King was kind of afraid to release it just because he was like, oh, this is too similar to Carrie. Well, yes, it is. The climaxes are really similar. Involving fire and psychic powers. Mm-hmm. The dude gets bitten on the ass by the, a Doberman. <laughs> That's a good one. But as, but as I remember it, my general opinion on this one is that it's fine. Yes, it's fine. And, yeah, and that it's kind of weird because it's both underrated and well-known. And I think that's just because of the movie Firestarter being a thing. Yes. But no one really talks about it on the book, you know. The the thing they talk about with Firestarter is that it's Drew Barrymore's first movie, and the dad was hot. The dad was considered hot in both of them. Hmm. This is the same thing with the original Pet Cemetery. Everyone thinks that guy that plays the dad in that is hot. He's the worst actor I think I have ever seen that wasn't in an Asylum movie. Mm-hmm. He's just awful. We'll talk about it more when we get to Pet Cemetery and all the weird Pet Cemetery movies. This is fortunate that there's only two Firestarters. There isn't a franchise of Firestarters. Mm-hmm. Like there is for The Mangler or Children of the Corn. Or Salem's Lot. Well, they're, they're, they just remake that over and over again. Yeah, the I new one still like isn't out. Firestarter Harder or... Oh, Carrie. Firestarter with a Vengeance. Yeah. Carrie, Carrie too, the Revenge. Yeah, something like that. Where that that's that's horrible. Mm. Or the Carrie TV show that was only a two part pilot. Or the Carrie remake, which is literally the same movie, but like there's the the Palma one, but with cell phones. Hmm. No oh boy. Um, anyway, <laughs> Firestarter. Um, I hate the ending of this movie. Well, not cool. the movie. I hate the ending of the book. Okay. Where she goes to Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. Why did you have to name the magazine? Why don't you just leave it ambiguous? That's because so stupid. I think that's just because King is like, it has to be real stuff that helps make the book feel more real. That's the same excuses he gives for. Uh, his recent books, including uh, COVID. To well, it, it dates the book. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Also, can we look at this cover? Look at this cover. What the, what the <laughs> fuck? This boss. And it's like a requirement for Firestarter hardcovers in America to have water damage in some part of the cover. Nice. <laughs> 
And it is water damage. It's not smoke because it, it bleeds over. <laughs> this is my second copy of Firestarter of this printing that I've owned. And my other one had even more water like damage. Like people just spill coffee on their books. You need to be more careful with things. But yeah, I would generally say Firestarter used to be his most dated book, where it's just like this is the beginning of the 80s. For sure. And that has changed with his recent releases. <clears throat> Holly. Your Sleeping Beauties, book. Gwendy, yeah. All all that stuff. <coughs> but yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this one. Hmm? Like at all. It's fine. Me neither. This is just like the mediocre King book. Where it's I'm like I'm sorry, this is not a grand grandiose beginning to the season. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's just like, oh yeah, here we go. This is a book you pick up, you read, you enjoy. You just say, Oh, that you know, uh helped me not getting bored during like uh, my time on the airplane or something but after it doesn't leave much of an impression it's a fast read mm -hmm. compared to some of his other stuff even in this era yeah yeah um so yeah anyway don't check out either of the movies they're a waste of time they're both very bad um, next time, uh, we're going to jump into a Bachman book. Thank God. The Better King. Roadwork. So, anyway. Have a good one. Goodbye. All right, everyone. So, we're going to do a little interlude here, and then we'll jump into Roadwork. And it gives me time to answer some questions. Like this gem right here. Holly Gibney is a, a villain. I would argue Gwendy is the creepiest. Gwendy literally murders uh, a couple of Swedish tourists in Egypt in Gwendy's final task because she destroys the Great Pyramid. Yeah. Who does that? Gwendy does. And then, hello, Quinlan. Good to see you. Which is hello there. Yeah. All is going fine, even though, yeah, we don't have to talk about really bad books now. Mm -hmm. That's. I do have a gripe about our next book. Yeah, it's just. But, but it's not a big thing. No, it's, a, it's an editing goof up. All right. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to King of Our Nightmares. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. And we're back on the Bachman train with. Roadwork. One of the most depressing books ever written. What does Roadwork stand for in German there? The German title is Sprengstoff, which literally means explosive. Well, I mean, it does happen. Yeah. Maybe a kind of a spoiler, but, you know. Roadwork is what happens when a man goes insane. And it is... This might be his saddest... This is his saddest Bachman book. Yeah, this is just a depressing, realistic human drama. My, my big thing with this, and this is what I kept thinking about while reading this book, is this, is, de is this more depressing than Pet Cemetery? I would personally say yes, just because this one is 
realistic. Whereas Pet Cemetery obviously has the supernatural element to it. I, I don't know. This one that just hits a bit more. He regrets writing Pet Cemetery. Hmm. He doesn't regret writing this though. Yeah. I can see because this was also a way of, you know, for him to deal with the death of his mother. And yes. just writing about it and the grief and stuff. And this feels like it was written over a long period of time. Hmm. So our main character whose name I'm sorry, I'm just bad with names tonight. Ba Bart Barton George Dawes. Um he is ruining his life on purpose, but also not on purpose because he's gone insane. And it is both frustrating and utterly fascinating. So the the big problem, his big obstacle is they're putting an interstate through his town that he lives in in the Midwest. It's going to co the cost of it is going to be his place of employment and his house. It's going to go right through that. Everything he's known and he loves and that makes sense to him is going to be taken away from him. Mm -hmm. And he is fighting it tooth and nail and losing. Because of course you're going to lose to that. If the government wants to take away your house and your place of employment, they can do that because they're the government. But he is self-sabotaging himself throughout this book and it is just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book opens with him buying guns. That's a great scene. It is incredible. It's my favorite gun scene in a Stephen King book. Mm -hmm. it, you know what it feels like? You ever read De uh, the Death Wish books by Brian Garfield? Oh, no, but... Uh... They're, they're in the second book, Death Sentence, Paul Benjamin's buying guns... It feels similar to this, only Paul Benjamin is more sane. Just mm. saying something, because he's been murdering people for a while at that point. Um, Bart is the most pathetic, loath loathsome scumbag that you love. Because mm -hmm. he's just flipping crazy. Just, oh my god. Um, he ru not only ruins his life, he ruins his wife's life. He ruins the lives of all of his employees. Mm -hmm. He just ruins everything out of just insane selfishness. It's just, I can't stress this enough. And you feel bad for him. That's how well written this book is. Because I've just described the most selfish, loathsome character. But Stephen King makes you feel bad for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he cheats on his wife at one point. Uh, he after they've separated. After they separated, he he um he does drugs. He has dealings with a, moth, a person from the mafia. Mm -hmm. 
he's just he, just he, sab- he literally sabotages the uh, construction site. Yeah, he blows a bunch of shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending of this is so brutal. You know what's coming. Oh yeah. You, but the thing is, you you you're like, oh please God, don't do it, Bart. Don't do it. And he does it. And I won't say what it is. It's pretty obvious once you get about halfway through what's going to happen. Especially if you've read other Bachman books. Mm-hmm. Can... Bachman, he's not known for happy endings. And this is so similar to both the ending of Rage and the ending of Running Man. Mm-hmm. They all end similarly, so you can imagine how that goes. But this is the saddest. This is the saddest Bachman book by far. Yeah, so far, for sure. It's the saddest one I've read. I've never read Blaze. That's the only one I've never read. Oh, Blaze is a great little book. I'm looking forward to that reread. Yeah. That's the only one I haven't read. But out of all the Bachman books I read, because I read Running Man, which is not pleasant at all. Mm-hmm. Which King always jokes about is the happiest Bachman book. It's Running Man. Rage is just weird. Um, but this, my one gripe, and this I think is drunken King nonsense. He blames Nixon for the oil embargo and the whole oil crisis of the 70s, even though Nixon wasn't in office at that point. It was Jimmy Carter. King has said that King implied in the dead zone was like his, he was a fan of Jimmy Carter. So I don't know. This book's connected to the dark tower. We'll get to in just a minute. Mm -hmm. But um, what we also should point out, this is like a more, refined version of rage yes going into the mind of a crazy person you know the human drama this you know what it's fine if rage is out of print because this is the better version of it i would any i would recommend anyone if you're interested in rage just read a road work instead yeah it's better it's more in king's comfort zone Mm -hmm. um he writes the middle-aged well so her name's Holly Gibney. Is Holly Gibney middle-aged? She's like 50. She's like over 50, but she acts like a uh, teenage girl sometimes. See, that's why I get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Um, Callahan's in this book, but not kind of. Callahan. Phil Drake. Yeah. And this created a big discussion back in the day when I was writing on like the German Stephen King wiki fan page. Uh-huh. We had this discussion. Should we just straight up say it as, as a fact that this is Callahan? Because the big uh, contradiction in here is the time frame doesn't line up perfectly with um, Salem's Lot and what he says in Wolves of the Color, which you can explain because he's traveling dimensions. Yeah, you know, from Wolves of the Color. So, being one or two years behind, or that—that's not an issue. And that would explain why it's Nixon's fault for the oil embargo. Yeah, 
but we should explain this because I want to point it out. So the Bart meets a priest called Phil Drake, who's doing like uh, good work. And they have a talk about like, I don't know, human nature and like evil and stuff. Uh-huh. And Drake, first of all, he's described looking like Callahan. Like King says like his nose, he looks like he has lost the battle with the bottle a couple of times. Like yeah. Callahan, alcoholic. He describes his hand yeah. being burned. And then Ke- Phil Drake directly says, there is otherworldly stuff out there. I fully believe that. And King heavily implies, oh, he's not bullshitting. Like he's talking from experience, seeing horrible stuff that's not from this world. And this is the if you read Wolves of the Kala. At this point, he's been hunting vampires for a while. Mm-hmm. So he's he's seen some things. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a fan of Callahan, like I am, a Backman book of all things. That's just, yeah. that's an awesome, that's maybe the most awesome Stephen King connection between books. Because it's so unexpected. And it's not just a fan theory like, oh, these characters are very similar. They are literally described like one and the same. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Hmm? I still love that um, in Doctor Sleep, Rose the Hat mentions that one of their favorite places to to feed off of suffering is Salem's Lot. Hmm. Like They go to Jerusalem's Lot, the, the ghost town. Yeah. I like that, but yeah, this is better. This is the be- one of the best connections that isn't like in a Dark Tower book. Because mm-hmm. Dark Tower books, it just becomes expected. When do they start mixing in Dark Tower? Is it Wizard and Glass? Wizard and Glass, definitely, because that brings in uh, The Stand. My fiance's home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll have to wrap this up real quick. Um, yeah, this Overall, is a good would, one. Yeah, it's an absolute page turner, like all the previous uh, Beckman books. It doesn't have the usual like King, uh, where he just babbles on and on about stuff. Which I've seen people complain this is kind of dry and boring when Bart is going off about like his life in the his workplace. Uh, but no, to me, that's really fascinating. And, you know, it has to be there. Yeah. This is one of those books where Stephen King's very long winded, especially in his later years. This is everything in this book is necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I highly recommend it. Absolutely. What would you, what would your ranking be so far of the Batman books we've read? For the show? Yeah. Um, this would be number one, then Long Walk, then Rage. Okay. That's but amazing. I'd rather read Long Walk if I had to pick one because it's the least unpleasant. It's slightly less depressing. Yeah. 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 I, I fully agree. I think this is one of King's, if not the absolute best human drama with like no supernatural like misery or dolores claiborne 
in that type of, you know. So yeah, also highly recommend Backman. It just never disappoints. There you go. Anyway, sorry I have to cut this short, but glad that we could do this real quick. We have recorded five podcasts in three hours. Yeah. So. Worth it. Definitely. So anyway, everyone, thanks for stopping by uh, for the live, and thank you for, for watching us. I'm glad that we're back into season two for this. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Have a good one. Goodbye.